Welcome to Creativity, the podcast where art and engineering collide. My name is Max Maker, and this is my co-host, Jeremy S. Cook. Hey guys, today we've got a, a guy, uh, Matt, that DIY Perks, who's, well, makes all kinds of stuff that perks your life up by making it yourself, I guess. Is that is that a, uh, <laughs> yes, a it's correct a intro? Yep. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Matt? Um, yeah, I uh, run a YouTube channel called DIY Perks, and uh, it's fairly popular in its own little circle. And uh, yeah, I make things um, technology-based, um, like things with LEDs, uh, sometimes some sound projects with speakers, and quite a few computer projects as well. And Mushrooms. Uh, yeah, some mushroom lights. That was fun. <laughs> That's a classic. <laughs> that was very unique. You know, he, he's got 2 million subscribers. He's really understating his popularity there. Well, you know, I'm British, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's very, very good. Maybe uh, maybe Max can get to that level at some point. So, you know. Oh, but maybe, maybe you as well. Maybe, uh, maybe, you know, there's maybe plenty I'll of room for you to overtake me on the way to 2 million. <laughs> but the that's... topic of this week, we thought we'd talk about uh, tools, not just physical tools, but uh, tools that help you with your creativity and uh, that also encompasses software, of course, and uh, whatever we actually use to uh, make our workflow better and help us do what we're doing, which is making videos, writing articles, and for me, making grower slides uh, and selling them. Nice. Well, why don't you go ahead? Why don't you go first then, Max? What, uh, what's your favorite tool? Oh, favorite tools. I love most of my tools whenever I use them and the tool is good. You know, the tool really does what it's supposed to do. Then I'm really satisfied by that. But I've got some that stand out. One is definitely a manual forklift that I bought. Um, it's like a forklift. You just pump it up yourself. Um, there's no motor or anything like that. And it uh, drives around, but you have to pull it, of course, manually. Um, and that's super helpful because sometimes I get uh, trucks delivering some parts. Uh, it's mostly sheet metal on pallets. And the truck um, comes from Eastern Europe sometimes, and they don't bring a pallet truck uh, with them or a, um, a, a lifting platform to actually get up to the truck, uh, which is very standard in Germany. You wouldn't encounter that problem in Germany, uh, but some don't have it. And this um, just lifts it up to 1.6 meters. Nice. It's about chest height. Um, yeah, it really helped me out a lot. And also in the workshop, it's great because it can lift 1,000 kilograms. So if I have some... Heavy objects like furniture um, or I'm building something, there's always um, something there to lift things up with or actually just pro provide a little table. So I really oh, yeah, love that's, that. That's got to be really nice. I mean, I, I just remember yeah. moving my uh, milling machine from my old house to this house. And, oh, you know, I mean, the movers took care of it, but it was like, okay, Jeremy, can you, can you lift this? I'm like, you know what? I don't want my leg getting broken. And it was just like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Break your own it's, legs. <laughs> it's always a, um, I don't know. It would be nice to have something that was that powerful, just ready to go at a moment's notice. Uh, yeah, and I thought about using an engine crane, getting one of them. But this is so much more versatile because um, yeah, you can move pellets around with it, which yeah. is what you can't do with an engine crane. And uh, you can also put a chain on it and lift something else up. So, so does it work by, very good uh, investment. By pneumatics then? Uh, yes, pneumatics, hydraulics. I think it's hydraulics. Right. So, so yes. let me get this straight though. Is it, you're actually manually pumping it up and, and lift, letting it down, yeah. correct? Oh, yeah, that, but that's pumping great. it up is, is not very hard. But you I, can pump I mean, something up 
in a few seconds to to uh, a big height. Nice, but I, I guess for something that you're going to use, you know, I imagine you don't use it every day, probably every week or month or whatever. If you're using it once in a while, you know, not having to pay for a, you know, I don't know, I don't know what a forklift costs, but let's just say, well, that's a, you know, yeah, compared that's to that, thing. I'm sure I, I looked, it was very. Now cheap. that I noticed that I use it so often, I would like the powered version, and that's like three times the price, so it's not too bad. It's about three grand. So maybe if I have a really good month. Um, I'm going to sell this one and buy the powered one because it's, it's a lot of mass to move around. And once it gets going, it's easy to steer and to drive, but to accelerate it, you really need to pull a lot of it. Yeah. Well, that, that makes, that makes sense. So, so what, what about you, one Matt? What's, what's your, what's your favorite tool? I think it's quite tricky because I don't, I don't know. Like I have fit. Fa- tools that I find the most useful and then there's tools I really like because they do a good job. So the tool I would say that's my favorite in the most used category is just a drill. Um, just a standard drill because it allows, uh, so, so many things you can do with a drill. Um, but really my, the fa- my current favorite tool is, a, I've got a DeWalt jigsaw and yeah, just, you know, I've been used to manually cutting wood, like with coping saws and stuff to get the shapes, <laughs> you know, because sometimes I'll, because I, I try and make things that are with minimal tools, you see, um, so that people can, if they want to mimic things at home. So I've intentionally tried to keep the tool set really basic, um, but I've, yeah, I've, I've succumbed to using a jigsaw and it's like so good. <laughs> Is like, it battery powered? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a, yeah. a, a cordless one. Yeah, yeah, I've sort yeah. of bought into the Dewalt um, battery system, so I bought one battery because um, they're you know the batteries are actually pretty expensive, um, and then I've just got three tools within that range so that they can all use that single battery, um, and it's yeah, it's working really well. Uh, so it's really say, good. Like I totally uh, also jumped onto the uh, cordless tools. Whenever I'm getting something you know, I get it cordless because <laughs> yeah. they're almost as good. Um, obviously, if you need production runs, like if you use your angle grinder for hours on end, then I would use a corded one. But for making random yeah, projects, yeah. Yeah. cordless is so much better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I like the the ability just to to take it either into the studio or the workshop, or you know, it's um it's nice to have that maneuverability. Like I'm often sometimes. Um, in quite awkward positions as well. Like when <laughs> so I've got the, the cordless sander, you see, so it's like a, a disc sander. And if I was with a wire, you know, it would get in the way and stuff. So yeah, I, I like yeah. that at the moment. They, they and the wires solve. are always on the floor and then they get dirty. Yeah, yeah. Or just and then you've got the quite a small studio, right? Um, I did have, but I've, I'm renting an attic at the moment. So I've actually gotten a bit of an upgrade. So um i'm having to stay here though during quarantine so uh but yeah it's uh it's about twice the size as my of my old studio so a huge upgrade really but it was such a tiny tiny room before it was like two two and a half by three meters and that was my workshop and studio and everything with storeroom as well so and now now i think it's three meters by about five Oh, so, so a standard garage, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically. So slightly, slightly Maybe wider. Maybe even smaller. By UK. 
Uh, it's it's bigger than a, a UK garage. <laughs> like our <laughs> garages over here, they can barely fit cars in. So, <laughs> so yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's bigger than a garage. Well, UK garage anyway. So well, yeah, it's amazing. Been nice to get so much stuff space. done in, in such a small space. I, I I couldn't work. I don't think I could work. Well, I had a, just a garage as well when I. Yeah, I could never. Out, but... I could never go back to it. Um, it's one of those things that when you are, uh, it's all you all you know. Um, you can do it. Like you can find ways of doing it. You tend to complain less. Uh, um, <laughs> like internally, actually, I was complaining quite a lot, like in my head. But um, yeah, when when I, I couldn't go backwards to that, um, but now I've got this space, I I realise how awkward it was actually working in there like like i built a desk in there so it was um it was i think the the desk width is 2.8 meters by um what was it 80 centimeters and this was it was for for a computer case you see it was like a computer desk and oh yeah of course yeah yeah just just having that in the middle of the room (laughs) there was only just enough room to walk around it and stuff yeah and so actually making it, oh, I would not want to go back to it, but uh, never mind. <laughs> what I found the most annoying about working in a garage, obviously the garage was full of tools. So whenever the weather was good, I would be outside in front of the garage on the Ooh, driveway. Nice. Yeah. And yeah, that is nice, but the weather is so annoying. Either you have sun in your eyes or suddenly <laughs> you're in the shade and you can't see anything anymore. Oh right! Or there's wind, and you try to to do something delicate, and then the wind yeah. is blowing leaves into your fresh paint <laughs> oh, and no. stuff like that, and and rain, and yeah, it's it's just so annoying to to have to work with the weather. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, I actually I like the opportunity to work outside sometimes, but it's always by choice um, rather yeah. than nece- necessity. Exactly. Um, so actually, no, it was always by necessity because I say if i needed to cut through some wood i'd have to go outside to do it <laughs> but uh <laughs> i would choose the time that i did that so i can i would always choose a nice day and yeah it was like doing two things at once so being outside in you know in the sun <laughs> and working at the same time <laughs> so you, you do two things at once so that suited me and uh, jeremy you you always work in the sun right uh, I, I usually work in my garage when it's not like sweltering. So just about now, you know, mid-May, I can just tell it my garage is getting to the point where I can't get be in there after, you know, in the late afternoon. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like May through September is kind of like a garage no-go time. May have oh. to get a, may have to get an air conditioner like uh, those guys at Physics Anonymous or, uh, or Pat yeah. Regan even. Yeah. I, you know, I think we discussed this. It just seems like such a big luxury, but yeah, at the same time, you know, Max, I'm sure you and Matt, I'm sure you both have heaters in your garage. So I guess it's... I don't know. Oh, okay, maybe, uh, maybe you don't. Um, well, I've got a heater actually for winter, but no, I can definitely imagine it being a good idea to have a, an air conditioner because um, you can't think when it, or at least I can't, when it's too hot. Like you need to, you need to be able to be in a comfortable environment really to to work yeah. properly so yeah it seems like a good I, idea i get really me. agitated when i have too many layers on and i start to sweat <laughs> i don't know what it is but when i notice I, i'm i'm uh, i've got too much layers on i get really agitated and then i have to take a layer off and then i can cool down again <laughs> mentally yeah maybe yeah. maybe that's but why you got I've, all the flu- 
Oh, I was gonna say maybe that's why you get all the Florida man stuff. You know, we get all these crazy ideas because we get too hot, <laughs> and uh, you know, shooting S- shooting fireworks note. in the wrong place or something. Side so. note: I think uh, surprisingly, the human brain uses quite a few what like I know it's not watts, but qu- the equivalent of quite a lot of watts. You wouldn't think it's it's like how much is it? Is it hundred watts? Like when may, when um, right. when chess players are in tournaments, for example, they use more or the same calories as, as sports um, uh, sportsmen, you know, sprinters and stuff. Um, mm. And mm. If, if you think about it, that's like all that heat in your brain. That's that's it will heat things up, and your body has to cool that. So I, I think it's important to keep a good temperature. Well, oh, Matt, maybe Fair maybe enough, a, yeah. one of your new projects, which you could do, you could make like a... Um, Water cooling your brain. <laughs> exactly, like yeah. a hat with yeah. a heat... With a, that uh, sounds heat like a, a, Linus, a Linus Tech Tips video. <laughs> maybe you could see that by uh, looking at exam results that you do in winter and summer, that the winter results might be better. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So yeah, My workshop any, um, is always between 12 degrees in winter and then in summer when the summer is really hot it goes up to 20 degrees so room temperature is the maximum so it's always nice to work in there yeah yeah i've just uh just a little fact checking on myself um it's 20 <laughs> watts <laughs> 20 watts not 100 watts so quite so a big that's difference. two really bright led lights yes yeah it's still a decent amount of uh energy though that yeah no absolutely so yeah. It's good. It's a chemical battery. <laughs> uh, so, Jeremy, what, what's your favorite tool? So, I got to say, you know, just, just listening to you guys talk about your, your different tool selections, you know, I think I'm on board with Matt as far as the Dewalt tools. I've got a, just a wall of, you know, several of them, uh, but but they're all they're all wired. Basically, when I moved in the into this house, I had them wiring a couple couple extra outlets so I could reach it wherever I was in my garage, at least in the half that I use for, you know, for my workshop stuff. Um, you know, I can't say that having them wireless wouldn't be nice sometimes, but I don't know. It's just nice to be able to plug it in, know yeah. that you're going to get power and not yeah, have to least, even worry yeah, about that. Yeah, at least you don't have to worry about charging the batteries and stuff and having some downtime on that. Yeah. And, yeah. and I had a, um, I had a wireless drill for a while from a, a tool maker we won't, we won't name, but um, ended up burning out after several uses. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm going to go with a wired DeWalt drill for this. And that's where You shouldn't have bought Ryobi. Well, that's not, I'm not necessarily saying what brand it was, but um, <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> but yeah, those are some of my favorite tools as far as just, I don't know, you know, good quality and stuff. And then I guess as far as what I use, it's just, you know, my 3D printer with uh, Octoprint, you know, I can just draw something up on my computer and just have it spit it out is just, just amazing. I mean, that, that being said, amazing. that being said, I've, I've messed with it and messed with it to the point where I can do that. So, you know, I don't know what you guys' experiences have been, but once it's well, set up, it's is, great. It, you don't have to do any measuring, right? You can print whatever you like and you know it will come out with the perfect dimensions if it, it prints it is. okay. It is amazing because, you know, you look up, you think, well, you know, I need to find the dimensions for this, you know, maybe it'll come out, maybe not. But, you know, I was making a mount for a Raspberry Pi a while ago and, you know, okay, I'm like, okay, I can just look up the actual dimensions for the board, put it in my CAD program, and it's going to be 
spot on. It's it's just an amazing concept, as, as you were kind of alluding to. Just being able to know that it's going to be there, whether you whether you like it or not, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I just uh, noticed that recently when I bought a new 3D printer because my old one always had warping issues. Uh, it, it was one of the first ones that came out in 2011. And with the warping, you can never be sure if the dimensions are right and if the corners are even 90 degrees. But now it, it comes out perfectly with the heated bed. So I, I utilize it more and more. Whenever I print something that's a little bit complicated, I just do it on CAD because I can sit on my desk. I don't burn many calories. <laughs> and <laughs> All that brain activity, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even for small things, you need a drill and um, you need a chamfering bit and all these kind of small tools that you need. Um, and they all make dust in the 3D printer. It just does its thing and it comes out with the right sizes. Yeah. You, yeah. You've got a really great setup for your enclosure. Did you did you do a video on that or is that just something uh, you did? I'm, I'm going to do a video. Yeah, I, I shot everything um, in making the enclosure, but that's going to be probably in my next video. How I built that from plywood. Okay. Matt, you said you have a 3D printer, right? Yeah, uh, uh, it's an Anet A8. Um, ah, yeah. So nothing special, but it does what I need for 3D printing because I... I'm not sort of at the moment that big on CAD design and stuff. I mean, I'm, I've only just started using Fusion, as you know, Max, because uh, <laughs> you've obviously given me a, a quick one-on-one -on -one lesson on that. So, um, yeah, I was, I was using SketchUp before, but it sort of did what I needed, which was to make um, like vague shapes, like a little bracket to, to hold something in place or um, really basic stuff. And uh, the ANET, um, ANET did a reasonable job at that. Like my print quality is definitely not great, but it works. So uh, I've just sort of left it. Yeah, I agree. I, f I feel like my printer, I've got it set up well enough that it it does what I need it to. But at the same time, I'm not going to make a, you know, mm. a model of the Hulk or something and, and show it in a, <laughs> yeah. a show if they have such things, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, I, I actually thought that I was really not that interested in 3D printing for quite a while. Um, like, even when I had that 3D printer, I didn't use it that much. But it was only, like, um, two years ago or a year and a half ago that I realized how useful it can be for little components. Like what you were saying, Max, like, you don't have to use um, some little chisels and things to make a mount out of wood. You can just design it and print it. And it saves so much time. It's, yeah. uh, they're literally revolutionary for, for like homebrew, um, in your house manufacturing, like small scale. It's so, so cool. Yeah, I, and something I agree interesting entirely. I heard about them that um, Stratasys owns so many of the patents for these 3D printers and they uh, keep running out in the next uh, decade, basically. And, and one of them, for example, is that the motors have to be inside of the enclosure. So if you build a 3D printer and you cannot put the motors on the outside because then you would, um, yeah, you would use the patent of Stratasys. So that's why all of the manufacturers have the problem of putting the heat source, which are the motors, into the enclosure. Hmm. So they will only improve over time. Right. So when do those And really expire? the patents held, held them back. I think um, the, the one with the enclosure in 22, I think. Right. So quite quite near near at hand then so yeah. are we going to see some quite big changes then uh in terms of mainstream printer design i think more in, in closed and 
printers. Nice. But with yeah. the motors outside. And another patent that is running out is the Sosta patent. I think I, Max, I was going to mention that. 2020, I've been looking <laughs> looking forward to this for a while. The words were on the tip of my sauce. tongue. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe Bosch will uh, sell their... Table sauce. Maybe Bosch will sell their tools here now. Because they had them here for like a tiny bit. They're a Sawstop equivalent, but not Bosch. They were stopped. Yeah, Bosch. What's that? Yeah, Bosch. Yeah, yeah. and they were, they were stopped by some legal reasons. Oh yeah, so you know I don't know if I'll get one because my um, maker local makerspace, shout out Tape Hackerspace, they uh, they have one there that's very nice and you know I do I really need to take up one bay of my garage with one? I mean maybe maybe not, but according according to Umax, they're quite the useful tools if you have one. Uh, a table saw, yeah, I, I use it a lot, but the the chop saw I use much more than miter saw because it's more convenient somehow. Um, I guess it's easier to handle and most of the time i work with long extrusions so um or long ah, bar right. stocks so chopping things off is easier on on the chop saw but as soon as uh, i can get like a, a job site uh, table saw from some other manufacturer than uh, saw stop for a reasonable <laughs> price I, I will buy it because i don't want to lose a finger <laughs> I, I mean saw stop they make a, they make a good product it's just you know a few things it's just they're very expensive, and it seems like they've been kind of unneedlessly litigious, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they tr tried tried to pursue Congress to to make it a law that all these saws uh, that man uh, yeah manufacturing businesses use are basically saw stop saws because they were the only ones with a patent. As um, can Bosch sell their? Was Bosch selling their you know whatever dropout saws in Germany, or were they not? No. Uh, they weren't. They only announced it, and then they never came. And then Sunday was quiet. Hmm. Well, anyway, that's that's a, that's a whole different uh, <laughs> sidetrack, but something that's been yeah. both on both of our minds, I guess. <laughs> are, yeah, you, maybe, are you familiar maybe with Matt this? can get a version with a jigsaw? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah, but I guess that being said, you know, we were going to ask, you know, what, when do you, when do you guys buy your tools before you have a project that you want to do, or do you just buy them when you see them, they look cool or what do you guys, I'll, I'll what's let, your guys I'll let Max ans answer this one first. Oh, okay. most of the time I, I do something with minimal tools and then while I'm doing them, I figure out, oh, I, I need a better tool for this. This isn't working. And then I get a tool and it lays around in my workshop for a year before I need it again. Like that happened with the um, staple gun, like um, a pin nailer, a pressured air pin nailer. Uh, I found like, oh, that would be useful now. So I ordered one and it arrived after I was done, of course. Then two years later, I used it for the first time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, for, well, for me, it's um, I tend to buy them as I need them. So for or in it slightly in advance so if i know i'm going to do a project that would benefit a lot for it from a particular tool i will um i'll just order it so it arrives in plenty of time so it's a bit of a bit of both really um but yeah i'm sort of gradually i'm doing it gradually because i don't really have that much experience with various tools and what's what's a good the perfect tool for the job and things and it's just a case of for me actually gradually learning what's actually out there um I mean, i'm talking about more niche things like say a pipe bender you know 
I mean, it's not that yeah, niche, obviously, but <laughs> like you wouldn't necessarily know it exists unless you'd, you know, seen a video yet used in a video or something. So, and, and we don't have colleagues that can give us tips, you know. Yes, no, yeah, at least not uh, in the workshop. Yeah. If, if you have 10, 10 experienced craftsmen in your workshop, uh, one of them will know a solution for a problem. Say yeah. like, oh, my cousin has this kind of tool. That that would be perfect for this. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's sort of quite a quite a downside of working solo, really. Um, but at the same time, I mean, there are plenty of resources through the internet. Um, yeah. It sometimes just takes takes um, a minute to find them. But it's it's sometimes it's hard to find things on the internet. I mean, have you noticed how like Google seems to be more about selling you something now than giving you information like it used to be? I yes, don't know. Like... Very true. We used to have these small, privately run websites. They were really bad and somebody was just sharing knowledge, like mm. how, how to build yes. an RC plane. But if you Google they RC plane now, you will only find places that sell them or sell parts. Mm, it's really hard to find those niche uh, sections of knowledge now. Um, but that's what, what YouTube is good for. Or the subreddits on uh, Reddit, like the mm. uh, Arduino versus Evil subreddit, very knowledgeable people there from all kinds of trades. Um, I think it's... Uh, slash skookum right. and the metal uh, working <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> it's language and the, the metal working subreddit uh, the woodworking subreddit yeah oh, welding well, yeah. subreddit and they're generally very helpful people there yeah um yeah, I agree with that have you ever found um that say you've been doing something a certain way and you include it in a video and then you get a comment from someone um and you realize wow that makes so much sense to do it to do it like <laughs> you know they they give you an idea of something that you might not have ever thought of yeah you know it's it's, it's funny i'm working on something now i've got a video i'm working on and in my mind i i'm pretty sure there's a better way to do what i'm doing so i'm just going to release it and see what they say in the comments mm, so, yes yes it's <laughs> great know. though isn't it it's like having a resource of a, a sort of like a pool of people who can can comment on things and uh sometimes it is, it's so helpful it is nice you know I, I we've had this conversation before about you know basically people people will make comments on your website you know videos i'm sure you know all of us get good and bad comments but i feel like you just have to have to know whether is this guy trolling you or is he saying your project's bad because of X, Y, Z. You know, you <laughs> yeah, either yeah. need to figure out if this guy's just, or, or woman yeah. is just a hateful person or, or well, they've got a point here. I could be doing it better. Maybe yeah. they didn't say it nicely, but yeah, it's, there's, you know. There's almost always there's a nugget of truth in what most people say. And it's very, I mean, in my, for me, it's, it's very seldom that the person is intentionally just being a troll uh, with, with no valid point. But sometimes, yeah, like you say, they they word it really badly, um, and sometimes it's if you filter through the the personal <laughs> slight, you can actually find an, a nugget of really helpful information, and you can turn it into almost like a positive thing. So I've I find it actually quite helpful sometimes when when people say, "Oh, your your soldering iron's all oxidized and stuff." <laughs> like I, I got <laughs> yeah, I got how do you know if like, that's the case? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, I got. I, I, had, I had one of them, and none of the solder would stick. <laughs> what's going on here? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, honestly, my soldering is still not great. Like for years, like my subscribers have constantly reminded me, like <laughs> Matt, do a better job on your soldering. But you know, it works. That's the thing; it does the job. <laughs> but it's like that's the one thing I would say that. Uh... <laughs> I, I started welding now. I, I bought a welder oh, nice. and all the welding equipment, and it's a TIG welder. So it's like a you yeah, produce yeah, yeah. an arc. And to me, uh, TIG welding aluminium feels exactly like welding. Wow. And I don't see a big difference because the arc heats up the area that I pointed at, just like a soldering iron, and then you dip some filler wire into it. Right. So and, and everybody the, yeah, that's supposed says to be very hard. Yeah, Does, everybody says it's hard, but you know, uh, I had like three sessions and I welded something now and it looks good and, and it works, but it doesn't look perfect. Not like on bicycles the welds are. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you should do a video that on difficult. that. It sounds interesting. Uh, it's difficult to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> oh, true. Yeah, some things are. What's the most difficult thing that uh, you two have had to shoot on a video? Like, what's the most? Um, like, I, I know what's... Jeremy, you've you've been doing like um, a laser pointer for you, for the GoPro or something on on the oh. top you aim things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Um, it's always very hard to to video anything that has a huge light source. I mean, that's, you know, you mess with the settings, you mess with the settings, but eventually it's like you've got the LED that's just blowing everything out and then you got the rest <laughs> of the area that's not nearly as bright. So yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe you have, you seem to, you do some really beautiful work, Matt. What's your, what's your technique on that kind of thing? Well, I was I guess, into well, cameras. We're on, like... we're on, yeah, we're on tools. What kind of cameras do you use i guess that's a good that's a good question <laughs> well, i'm kind of a camera guy i like my cameras and it's it's quite good really that i mean i was i grew up always interested in cameras and then my job now includes filming with them every day so i'm quite a camera geek um, but what i like <laughs> using um i like using um mirrorless cameras and i currently use a um a nikon z6 which is it's full frame so it's got a large sensor on it and oh, nice. um, that means you can get a nice uh, defocused background. But that's not actually my primary reason for, for buying it because um, I find crop sensor cameras like the GH4 and GH5, that kind of line, they are perfect for doing close-up more DIY work um, because the, the, you don't want too much blur. So right. they work well. But the problem with those is that they, they don't have very good autofocus. So... I've recently switched to the Z6, which means it's it's got face face tracking, so I can just set the camera rolling and just go in front of the camera and do some presentation, for example. And um, oh, that's really good. It just literally locks on. <laughs> it's perfect. It's a nice balance of things, and then it records into an external. It's like an external screen, but it's also a recorder, so it goes through an HDMI connection into. Uh, and it's an Atomus Ninja Five which is um, it records in ProRes, which when it's on the computer is super snappy to edit with. Like you don't need a super high-end PC to actually edit um, oh, for these, I never these knew that. 4K files. Like it makes them so much easier uh, to, to work with. They're big, but they it's like way easier to edit. So hmm. that's my camera I setup. Never and, so, and it's that, all on that's a what gimbal is as well. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a brilliant, it's a great format because it's it's so lightly compressed. So the file sizes are huge, but if you delete everything afterwards, you know, it's hard drives are quite cheap these days. So, <laughs> yeah. 
right you can tell i'm enthusiastic about cameras <laughs> no, that, oh, yeah. that's, that's great i i feel like it's you know with what i do i feel like cameras are kind of like it's a skill i've had to i wouldn't say master but maybe get to a you know an early journeyman level with it <laughs> so yeah yeah like it's like a, a, it's it is quite a steep learning curve though um because for me it's lighting has been hard like i always try really um to to make it look um visually artistic clean yeah because I, i've taken a lot of inspiration from marcus brown lee you see um who does the mkbhd tech channel and he, he shoots with like red cameras and like really high-end gear and he's the shots are so clean and sharp and i always try and think i use him as the benchmark really so it's like it's cool because YouTube's sort of like the space where you can bounce off each other and see what each other is doing, and just con you're always improving, and uh, it's a good sp a good space to be really for for learning things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. I'm, I'm look I'm looking at his thumbnails and they're so crisp. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's most mostly iPhones on there. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, one of the the biggest tech YouTubers. Wow. Um, but so yeah, nice. his videos are so so clean and things. So I feel nice. like uh, it's funny. YouTube is sort of segmented, you see. So for f in the tech space, they tend to use really good cameras and really light the shots and do it in a much more controlled and cinematic way because that's really. Um, say if they're reviewing a, a computer mouse for example like a gaming mouse they'll do all, mm -hmm. some really nice b-roll for it make sure it's lit, lit properly and things because <laughs> the item's already been made <laughs> like this isn't a dig <laughs> this isn't a dig at tech youtubers because they they just they are able to say take more time on the b-roll whereas some i found it sometimes a bit of a, of a drag like as makers we have to actually make the thing yeah <laughs> and then it's a good observation you know build a video around it and it's like you with if you're reviewing tech you at least someone's already made it for you <laughs> you know <laughs> so well, i always find that um yeah it, it takes a long that's why it takes me so long to do videos you see one a month ish um, well I'm, I'm sure i'm sure those tech youtubers are offended that you said their video looks so crisp and clean it's uh quite the <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's sort of um i was saying it's like there's different segments in youtube so in the tech world my channel i would say i wouldn't say it's particularly brilliantly shot it's as well as i can manage with what i've got um i'd say it's quite good best. yeah but that's thing it's, it's like in the make from, from the maker point of view um there's it's different almost like categories because there's um so much focus on the camera gear and everything on the tech side and then in the makerspace it's way more about the making so i'm trying to so i get lots of comment compliments from people in the makers on the maker side and then very few on the the tech side <laughs> so you know it's just an interesting how youtube's so vast that uh, you can have different groups and it's brilliant yeah when I think it's about the quality, I always uh, remember uh, Casey Neistat when he said, um, like, one of my first movies I just shot on a crappy $200 yes. camera. Yeah. And and if you watch that movie from back then, it's still very interesting. You know, it grips you just by by the story that he tells, not from the quality of the video. 
mm. which is really potato quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so it's, that it's makes funny, me like... feel a little bit better shooting on my iPhone. <laughs> yeah, well, it it really you can get bogged down in in or at least I can uh, in in tech and making sure video quality is nice and um, you know bit rates yeah. and all that. But no one notices. No one notices. Like if I started <laughs> shooting in 1080p um, rather than 4K, no one would notice. <laughs> but it's for my own satisfaction. <laughs> Um, yeah so and what i often comment to to like new youtubers um i say you know just add more lights to your workshop because that's really yeah the, that's the biggest factor. thing that's the biggest thing these days cameras are so like even cheap cameras are so good that it's the lighting that is the next thing you would need to uh think about really oh, it's yeah, one of the I hardest things to do for me, it's really easy. I just add more lights to the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> I just I've, I've got some mobile lights and I just shine it at it, and that's it. I, I don't even think about it. I don't yeah. have background lights. No, I'm not saying this is the right way to do it. Yeah. It's just yeah. Have you guys I can't seen get those? My head around it. Have you guys seen those yeah. um, lobed, like those triple lobed lights that fold out from a normal, normal um, light socket? They're like LEDs and they take up the same amount of power as like an old silent incandescent roughly, but they put out a ton of light. I think, man. Do you mean the corn cob light? I guess maybe they're called corn cob lights. I, I don't really know. They have like three they're, lobes. They're, that... they're as, big as, a, as big as a banana, those ones. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, maybe I'm not. Or, or what about a Coke can? Like a, um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, I've, I've got one with LED strips on the inside. Um, but I've, I've, did you say it had three prongs sticking out lobes. or something? A bit it's like it's got a like fan. three lobes. They like they like fold out like a flower almost. That but sounds they, really cool. Oh, it is. It is really cool. I, I bought one and then I bought. I think I have like six of them now. I've got two in my two in my office and then four in my nice. like workshop garage area. And they do, just do you, do you have to manually open them or do they open themselves when you turn them on? Well, that, I, I still that, don't that know. That would be awesome, but no, I just keep be. them. <laughs> I just keep them open all the time, and you, yeah. you turn them on and off like a normal light. That but it's cool. um, yeah. I mean, they're they're so bright that I was filming something the other day, yeah. and I had my um, <clears throat> like lobe lights on. We'll just call them that for lack of a better term. <laughs> and then yeah, I was maybe you've come up with the right term. <laughs> maybe, maybe I have, but then I, you know, I go back inside my house, right, and. I look at it, I, I'm like, oh, I've got the overhead light off. I didn't even have it on. I, I'd forgotten to turn it on with the other lights because they were so bright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe yeah, that's so... my favorite tool these these days. <laughs> so... Oh, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Adjustable LED fixture retrofit. Yeah, they flip out. <laughs> flip out, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a flip phone, just a light. Yeah, I suppose I suppose that's right. But I, I guess the, the cool thing is we we're talking about LEDs earlier, but it's just like like this puts out so much light and it's the same power as like a sixty watt incandescent from back in the day. It's just mm. you know, just goes to show how efficient yeah. LEDs are and yeah. I don't Definitely. know. I just I just think they're cool, I guess, too. Yeah. Well I um, um I actually have an old um what was it, halogen. I've got an old halogen bulb on the main light ooh. on the ceiling. Um, Naughty for the environment. Well, it's, well, 
you say that. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> it's a um, it's just a standard bulb shape. So it's a small halogen inside the classic bulb shape, and it's I think forty watts. So it's about say half the electricity of a computer just being on. So I just have it on sometimes when I want a nice cozy light because there's nothing like an incandescent bulb for coziness. Like LEDs just can't touch it because yeah. it's it's like that nice warmth and that warm glow and you've got like perfect CRI and everything. So yeah, there's still a place in my heart for the old bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, no. <laughs> well, you, yeah. have to, you have to stock up with them, right? Because I don't, I don't think they make them anymore, do they? Um, maybe, maybe they do. Oh, halogen, they're still making. They're not not banned in Europe, but but then the UK isn't Europe anymore, is it? Hmm, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think that they'll be around for long. Um, there is a small stock um, that I've got access to, but I use it so seldomly that it should last a long time. Uh, and if if I run out, I'll probably just make my own. <laughs> not not halogen, obviously, but I'll try try making a DIY filament bulb or something. You know, one of those classic ones, like a classic Edison light bulb with the long filament. That would be oh cool. yeah, yeah, that you wind by hand. Yeah, yeah. Into <laughs> a tiny spiral. <laughs> Get an old glass, old drinking glass, turn it upside down. Oh, a Coke bottle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be really cool. Interesting project. But potentially yeah, I, I dangerous. Found that you, you find a lot of old, like antique bottles. Even if you just look in in forests behind. Um, in forests, <laughs> strange place yeah, they, to find bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, the the coke bottles because people they they drink them and they ah, and stay right. there for a hundred years. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, hmm. and so, they never degrade. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. My friend has a, a collection of um, old. Well, not old they're, they're they're pub glasses so there's like uh, here in the uk we've got like carling and uh, all sorts of beer brands and they have branded glasses and people used to leave them outside the pubs you know sort of like you don't know which pub it's from but they just leave it <laughs> randomly on a wall and stuff so his cupboard's full of like random uh, beer glasses <laughs> which is quite interesting yeah nice well, you know, I, I feel like that kind of leads into uh, one of the questions we wanted to ask. You know what? I guess where do we get inspiration for our projects? Is that hmm. you guys want to talk about that now? Yeah, or, yeah, definitely. So, uh, so what about what about you, Matt? What kind of what kind of inspiration? What inspires you? Different projects? <sighs> it's a tricky one. That um, for me, there's a lot. Uh, I I've sort of got had a a list for a long time of projects that just pop into my head. Like I'll think, think of something at some point, like, whoa, that'd be a great idea. So I'll write it down. Um, and it's very hard to pinpoint what the, or think back and remember what the point of inspiration was, because sometimes it will be a, a chain of thought. Um, other times I'll see something like um, a product and I'll think, Ooh, that's cool. Even say, Say seeing a filament inside a, a classic Edison light bulb, I think, ooh, can I use that as a, a feature on the front of a PC case or something? Um, and then sometimes I'll see what you know other people have done on YouTube um, in terms of general projects, uh, say like epoxy tables, and think, 
hey, maybe I oh. could, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> uh, use that technique or something in something. So it's, it's such a broad uh, range of places where that inspire me that I, I could definitely couldn't say uh, <laughs> that any particular one um, stands out. No, I, I know what you mean. It seems like, honestly, half, half the time, it seems like I see something on YouTube or somewhere else or whatever, and it's like, I got to build that. But then I've got 10 other projects that I'm already mm. already working on. And I don't know, maybe, maybe the maybe the better question for me is how do how do you actually get things done when you have so much mm. so many things you want to build? I, I just feel like I don't know. Are you guys like that? You never. Yes. Oh, yeah. I never <laughs> finished my list. I feel well, like some, I... some some people ask, you know, how do you how do you find things to do? How are you inspired to things to do? But for me, it's more like so much inspiration not what not to do (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah how do you keep keep at something long enough to actually finish it i you know i've always thought that if i had enough money i mean like a lot of money and i suppose maybe maybe elon musk is a little like this i'd i'd say you know i'd I'd try to hire a bunch of engineers and technicians and i'd come up with ideas and then have other people do it not not saying he doesn't do some of it himself but Mm. yeah i guess he doesn't i don't know i'm not I'm not trying to judge him one way or another, but you know, somebody like that has a whole company that it's like, okay, I got this idea for the boring company or my cars or whatever yeah. else. Yeah. I, I think that's really, really it's cool. All about I, maybe, delegation, isn't it? In, in that regard. Yeah. yeah that's that what I thought becomes. when I got the first 3D printer and then when I built the CNC that they would help me make stuff quicker. And that's true, <laughs> but that just means I can do more projects, <laughs> uh, but I still don't have more free time. Which is yeah. fine. I totally love spending time in the workshop, but there's just too much stuff to do. Yeah, especially no. if you want to make the stuff yourself, because you think you can get that way, get more what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like if you know if that situation was like for me, I'd be kind of like a really petty Elon Musk. I mean, I wouldn't be trying to go to Mars. It'd be more like, well, I need you to make this, you know spinner thing for my car here's an old (laughs) coffee machine make a water plant watering system yeah exactly i'd I'd be like okay you know it'd be pretty that that was a really impressive project he he took a keurig coffee maker yes yes i've seen it yeah and they built it into a watering plant watering plant a plant watering plant yeah no i I really uh (laughs) it, it was funny i i you know my wife's I guess, that, well, here, here's a story of inspiration. My, my wife's coffee maker, it wasn't working correctly. I say my wife's, it was ours, but I, I hardly ever drink coffee. So, you know, effectively speaking. Anyway, all that all that being said, she, I tried to fix it and I did fix it, but then I noticed it just looked totally nasty inside after 10 years or so of work. So I'm like, you know what? We'll just buy another one. I'll put this in the garage, but I just couldn't quite bear to throw it away. Hmm. And then I realized, well, yada 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 i could put a raspberry pi in here have it trigger the air pump and yeah. water my plant every day at 11 30 so yeah. how did that chain of thought start like that's a really unique thought is turning a coffee machine into a he had a spare water. raspberry pi on his desk and thought, what can i do with this you know i wish i remember where i got that idea but i i really i really don't even know i man i sometimes i remember sometimes i don't yeah. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> just a know. light bulb no, moment, perhaps. Just a light bulb moment. And unfortunately, I can't quite remember it. 
<laughs> and it, it wasn't an easy task either, right? I mean, you must no. have spent hours on that thing, figuring out all the buttons. Like he has the buttons and they actually, you can press the, you know, make a coffee button and then it gives an extra squirt of water for the plant. <laughs> so cool. Oh, the, well, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, the one thing that was challenging about that, that the wiring up the buttons, was that you, you bring out the wiring harness and for some reason, everything's grounded to the one red wire. So all the black wires are positive and stuff, but the oh, no. but the red is the ground. I, <laughs> no. Yeah, it's um, at that point I would stop the project. It would be too confusing. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I guess um, I, don't, I guess I shouldn't make make jokes about whoever makes Keurigs, but maybe maybe they use red in in their in their society for for ground. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're made in Australia. That would explain it. Yes, <laughs> that, that would make sense. And then you know when you we, when the uh, water comes out, then it circles the wrong way. So maybe maybe the red wire <laughs> compensates for that. And it's, yes, yeah. But and you also for, have one hundred ten volt in the US. Yeah, one ten, one twenty. You know, it's uh, whatever you want to. Yeah. Well, yes, we have one ten, <laughs> but we don't we don't stick our. You know, usually we don't stick our. It, the um, gap between the plugs is not long enough that you can stick your fingers between them. Um, I did that. I totally did that with an American plug. I plugged in my computer. I had an American plug and I had my fingers between the prongs and I got a shock. Ooh. Now, did that, yeah. did it hurt a lot then? Uh, it, no, it, it doesn't hurt a lot. It's just really scary. Yeah. And it... I, I got shocked a few times. I get shocked almost every time I work with 220 volts <laughs> because I, I don't want to take the, um, the, the, the fuse out because then the lights would go off as well. Right. Mm. So, what voltage is it in uh, Germany then? Uh, two two forty as well. Oh, two thirty. Right. Same thing. Yeah. 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 I I like mm. that because we get more efficient power supplies, <laughs> more powerful <laughs> DC power yeah. supplies. <laughs> yeah. So the Americans are always worrying about like, yeah, this is <laughs> yeah. like a six, 16 amp break breaker, <laughs> and I'm like, I I really don't care what the answer is. Yeah, I, I'm higher current does uh does scare me quite a bit. You know, I, one one time at work, I was trying to fix a machine and I got shocked by, I'm not sure if it was a 440 or 220. Anyway, it was something Ooh. above normal Oof. wall power. And I was like, hmm. So I go to my boss. I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. Should I get this checked out? And he, yeah, I guess at that point, their liability mindset comes in. So then they send me to the, the doctor and I have to get an EKG. And, you know, mostly I was embarrassed. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds yeah. painful though. Was it painful? It was somewhat painful, but again, it was more more embarrassing than than painful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, oh, why did I tell anybody about this? But yeah, at the same <laughs> point, I guess if my heart's not actually beating correctly, <laughs> yes. which they said, which they said it was checked out. Yeah, gotta get, gotta get it checked out. <laughs> I mean, I'm no expert, but I think it makes a big difference whether you just get shocked on one finger or if you connect it. From the left hand all the way to the right. I would right have thought hand. so, yeah, because the current can pass through your body, then, couldn't it? If it was yeah, from one I'm hand to the next. Pretty but, sure but it was really, with one I, hand. I'm not an expert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so Max, you know, we've talked about inspiration now. What, what about you? You, you um, I guess the biggest uh, project I, you've been working on is your hydrofoil, right? So, where where'd that inspire you? Oh, that inspiration was really that I wanted to make something. Um, that has all the power inside and like some buttons. I wanted like a, something with buttons on it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> something yeah, with I want buttons. a little, 
a little flat panel with buttons sticking out and a display and like labels and then you can like press the button and it does something and i always like building boats and stuff like that so nice yeah that was a natural combination max has been working on a um a hydrofoil which basically like a like a fairly small surfboard that has a a big a big electrical engine on the bottom so in theory at some point he'll be he'll be surfing down around the waves above the waves right yeah it's yeah, a long-term so, project, so it's a yeah. long-term two years project. in the making. <laughs> How's the progress going on it? Oh, really good. The board is ready. I just need to do the final assembly, basically, and then Ooh. waterproofing and testing. So Right. So you're fairly um, close to a test run, then? Well, no, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but is it on the horizon? Can you see... It's on the horizon, yeah. yes. Yeah. It's um, Most of the work is done, and the hard stuff, you know, the, the challenges have been done. But I've got so many projects doing going on right now like i've got two new products that are on pallets in my workshop right now that i can start assembling Mm. but before that i need to do the renderings and the pictures put them on the website to actually market them um that's one thing then i'm doing this car platform like a giant draw slide for a fiat 500 car right um oh you told me about this yeah they're building the prototype of that now at least i'm I'm getting parts for that that's one big thing what yeah tell tell me max you know i guess we can you know your business what you do for uh, i guess living is you build car slides for for caravans rvs in the u.s How, what inspired yeah. you to get into that business i i think that'd be interesting oh, that was to know. my dad bought a caravan and he wanted some sort of storage system and at the time they only had shelves so you would have to climb inside and then access the shelf uh, which is really not that great it's it's really just a shelf um, so I made a drawer slide system and I developed my own drawer slides made out of aluminium. So they're really lightweight. Nice. And that's it basically. And yeah, I, I laser cut the parts so they're cheap to make and easy to assemble. Um, yeah. So the inspiration was really the need that my dad said he wants something like that. And my job, I really didn't like my job working in a company. Like I was making good money. I was an engineer, you know, but it wasn't good enough for me, you know, the money wasn't good enough for me that I thought, oh, I want to spend eight hours a day here sitting at my desk doing some something, always the same thing as well. It was a big company, so I had one job, basically, and hmm. right. now I'm doing all kinds of stuff. I'm doing some computer stuff, some rendering, some cat work, dealing with suppliers, packaging stuff. Driving around in a forklift downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the best bit. Marketing. Sometimes in summer when it's nice, I drive to the local campsite and just hand out flyers. What, in nice. the uh, in the forklift truck? <laughs> you should do it in a forklift truck. I'm telling my girlfriend, if I get a forklift, we can go eat ice cream and sleep together. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's better, better than are a you, conversion. Are you gonna, that. Well. <laughs> it is convertible. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, yeah, I, you know, you do wonder, you know, going through engineering school and stuff, it's like, you know, it's like, it'd be so awesome to like design aircraft carriers or jets or, you know, even uh, high, <laughs> high performance cars, you know, whatever else. But then you think, well, if I actually did that, I'd probably be designing, you know, the, the door handle on something. The, the hinge. <laughs> the hinge, the exactly. Hinge. Yeah. So I think, I think until you get to that point where you're the guy you're, or a woman telling people, okay, make this a little bit, a little bit shallower here, or a little, little more. We need some more, you know, 
we need an extra extra two cylinders, you know, extra. That's a that's a bit of a generalization, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Until you're the person making the plans, I feel like it's probably a fairly boring job at some on some levels. Even the oh, cool. Yeah. Hmm. And and what I also noticed while I was working in industry, uh, we wanted to make a little vacuum pump that would, yeah, create a vacuum to do something in a, like a chemical process. And they were like, yeah, we need an electrical engineer and we need uh, yeah, a company that makes a prototype. And we need one from the one guy from the engineering department to make the housing and design one and all of that. And I just said, guys, I can just do this myself. Just give, me, <laughs> give me a week, some Arduinos. And yeah. I actually bought some Arduinos and, 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 and built the whole thing, like the prototype. And that was that is my style of working, but it wasn't the style of working for the company. They they would have taken probably a year or two to make that. Wow! Just so, because you know, they want to follow the processes, and that's yeah. just not for me. It just shows um, where you can be more efficient, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And how companies yeah. could be more efficient. Yeah. I think probably that's that's what Western manufacturing might need is a a bit more of I, that mindset. I, I mean, I w- I will say though, you know, I. Before I worked for myself, I worked in manufacturing. And even though that was probably not my first choice, you know, once I get into it, you realize. The sprinkler company, right? Reliable sprinklers. Yeah, that's right. I worked there. But yeah, I worked for uh, a company that made bearings before that and a company that made uh, power meters after that. And you realize that even though you're not designing the end product, you get to design the fixtures that make, make the stuff. You get to design it design the electrical system in many cases, the mechanical system, whatever, and actually get it going, you know, less than a year from start to finish. And I think that's something that's maybe, you know, it depends on the company, but if you can do it, it's a, it is a really fun job in some, in some respects, but I think maybe that's not, um, maybe not advertised as much as it should be, you know, cause I feel like, you know, you go through school and you're like, well, I want to be a design engineer for this, you know, say BMW or Ford, Chrysler, whatever. But, you know, I think, I, I, th- I think maybe, maybe the reality of the situation is lost in some people until they get into it. I, mm. I feel like I kind of fell into that for, you know, not, not intentionally, but then I think, I think I ended up in the right place to learn a lot of different techniques and stuff. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. 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 And then Matt, you you didn't do any uh, any formal work, right? I mean, no, you, you did YouTube right out of school. <laughs> that's right? part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just straight out of school. Just uh, muddled my way through. It was my hobby during school, and then I thought, oh, I'll just it's going quite well. I'll just continue. And well, that's, uh, that's was that good. difficult with your parents? No, <laughs> no, they were quite uh, quite happy. Whatever I was doing, really, they could see really? that I was enjoying it and. The money had started coming in there, and yeah, they were just, you know. Well, I guess if the money started coming in, then it, it makes yeah, it, it wasn't easier. it wasn't huge amounts, but they could see that I was I had a goal with it. So yeah, they just left me to it really. Nice. I sort of uh, didn't really. That's that's very nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I think uh, I think Max and I's experiences working for ourselves has been slightly different, I guess. <laughs> but you know, it's, <laughs> I think. I think parents always appreciate when you're providing for yourself and stuff, but I think, I think too, there's some maybe security in being in it with a bigger company. Uh, I don't know. Would you, would you agree with that, Max? I guess, at least from, from an outside perspective. Yeah. yeah my, my, my parents were always self-employed and 
they kind of had a dream. Oh, how nice it would be if our son would <laughs> be in the company. Like in a few years' time, it would be on some some board member of a big uh, car manufacturer, <laughs> make the real money. <laughs> but I don't think that would have ever happened. But I know somebody. He's he's just like a, a higher up manager at at BMW, I think, and he works in China, and he's probably making a few millions a year. Wow! Just a salary really? as, as a yeah, he's not even a board member. And I never thought that you could make that much money as an upper manager at a big company. I thought maybe two or three hundred thousand would be the limit that you could. That's that's what I would think. Maybe I maybe we're for, doing the wrong. Maybe is, we're all doing the wrong thing there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of income, thank you to our Patreons. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. We've actually got a we've a full. Well, you go ahead, Max. You, you usually yeah, I shout him out. Yeah. Why don't you a special shout out for Max today? Since we got a full five. Special shout out for me, especially to Pat Regan for his $1 a month. He was a guest <laughs> on our podcast last year, uh, last month. Um, and, and, and our actual um, Patreons are Brian Moses, Old School DIY, Positive Waves, and Stephen Booker. Thank you very much. Yeah. And, and, and Pat Regan is an actual Patreon. Just, uh, just he is an actual clear Patreon. Clear that out. That's true. And yeah. he not only donated his time, but now he donates his money as well yeah but so. he kind of did it you know <laughs> his motivation wasn't really to help us was it well i don't know i i think i think he was i like pat regan i you know i don't know what no, no reason to how, you know. how about if i put my name on that list you can do that if you want <laughs> <laughs> No, we, we appreciate earlier. Maybe, maybe that's a marketing strategy just to uh, become the top Patreons for upcoming Patreon people that just started on Patreon. <laughs> we, we, uh, we appreciate all our Patreons, especially Pat Regan, who is one of the few people I know that has a spinning head on, on Twitter. So, so has an animated GIF head. So, um, and on YouTube. And on YouTube. I'm surprised <laughs> nobody else has that. I think that, that that even works. Well, the, it was a like a um, legacy thing. Like back in the day, you could upload animated GIFs or GIFs, whatever you want to call them, to ah, Twitter. Okay. But now they don't let you anymore. So Pat Regan has has quite the valuable uh, piece of whatever intellectual. Well, valuable, but it's his, his own head. You know, it's not really something you can sell. Let's I say mean, he I... sells the channel to CNN, they wouldn't want his head spitting around there. <laughs> well, yeah, if it had like maybe the world spinning, you know, like, um, like well, well, that, would seems, that would be good, but it, it's not. So it's just, just his head spinning. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, so Matt, what, what are you working on at the moment? What's going on in well, your studio? Uh, quite, as you... quite a few things. I've got a few projects on. I've just finished one which will be hopefully uploaded tomorrow, which is an eye contact webcam system. So it is a oh. webcam that makes it look like you are literally making eye contact with whoever you're talking to. That sounds like the dartboard where you throw the dart and it already, it, it moves to the position where the dartboard lands. <laughs> uh, uh, simpler than that. Eyes, up, really eyes up here, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so that should be interesting. I mean, it, it's it's a very simple one, actually. Um, so it's more more of a craft-level project. Um, but that's good because it means that most people should be able to do it. Like it's made out of foam board, the system. 
So that will be released really tomorrow. Yeah, we'll Can see. Can you make we'll it see. out of cardboard as well? You could, yes. Um, okay. But foam board is better because it's more um, rigid and it's, uh, you know, it's just better, better suited for it. And, and when, when Matt says that it will be released tomorrow, what he means is it was released on, on May 26th. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three weeks ago. <laughs> 20, 2020. Right. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> well, I get this episode done really quickly. Well, the, the, right. if you, the next one, then, if oh. this is going live in, uh, say, three weeks, did you say? Uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. I get it done. I oh, right. it okay. Oh, okay. This will right. be released on the 26th of May. Right. But, but okay. you can shout out your next one, too. We're, we're happy to. Yeah. Um, to let's you. say it's a 4K projector. So it's, uh, it's actually true 4K. So um, it's projected from the ground up for watching films and things really bright oh, wow. big screen on the wall and again it's um a really simple design because it's based on layers so it's got fr some fresnel lenses to uh focus the light properly and um, a good 4k tiny screen and uh <laughs> yeah really cool lens which is from a medium format camera from uh i think 1950 or something <laughs> so and yeah are, are you reusing cool. a old screen for that or a new screen old screen keeping it super cheap to do so it's a, it's an older screen but so, an older so this, screen with 4k yeah yeah so this should well, should be a, <laughs> a very easy project for i guess doable project for people is that it is, is it's, it's doable yeah yeah because the, the design is based on it being easy to adjust and i would say that it is sort of medium difficulty it's something that people can fairly easily do it's uh I, the, the only tool i would <laughs> recommend is a jigsaw just for cutting out <laughs> of <squares>. course <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, so look i mean medium difficulty for a true 4k projector that sounds that sounds pretty good to me <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah that's something to look forward to anyway <laughs> nice what, what maybe about that would you? be good a good product idea sending out kits with easy projects that people can assemble them mm, yeah like yeah. You, you get a few pieces of foam board, an old screen, some LEDs, <laughs> and, and, and you can make your own 4K projector. It will be a fun weekend project. Well, this, was, this one is actually, this one's not the foam board one. Um, it uses aluminium, so it's just slightly trickier. But oh, still, nice. because of the way it's designed, it's still easy. All you need is a drill and um, a jigsaw, but you can get away with doing it manually. Like you don't, you don't even have to. Use, you could, you could use foam board. Actually, thinking about it, um, I'll mention that in the video and show because people, you know, it's, it's it's quite an easy project. So now, if you want to go the extra mile, make it out of a cereal box. <laughs> I might put one on the outside just to, <laughs> just to disguise it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, what are you working on? So I guess my um, I guess my biggest project I'm working on. I got a um. It's another Raspberry Pi project. I got a was it a, a digital basically like a computer based oscilloscope. Um, mm. I don't know if you've seen these things, but basically they plug into a computer. You can take different measurements and whatever. Basically, I set this up with a Raspberry Pi, so everything's like a self contained unit. It's got like a, got a handle and everything. Because I feel like the problem oh, nice. with yeah, I feel like the a problem tiny, with that tiny handle. Yeah, a little. <laughs> what do you mean tiny? Well, I, I'm oh. imagining because the thing is a Raspberry Pi, that it will be a miniature uh, oscilloscope. All right. Well, I guess I guess I skipped a steps here. What basically what I did was 
I put the oscilloscope, the Raspberry Pi, and a power supply on a piece of um, uh, acrylic, like a piece of acrylic, cut this out with a handle so it looks like kind of like a little briefcase. And then on the uh. back of that, I put a VESA mounting har hardware, VESA mounting pattern. So basically, you can pick up the whole monitor that you have it mounted on, take your oscilloscope anywhere you want, make oh, measurements. Nice. And it's, yeah, it should, I'm, I'm really pumped about this one. I've, I've got it pretty much, pretty much done. So I've just got to get it produced and oh, sounds good. I actually did it, did it in part for another company. So I need to make sure they release their article and, you know, I don't step on their toes either. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, well, thanks. It's, I think it should be, a, should be a good project. So. I, that that's to be released uh that's at some point we'll see we'll see when i guess <laughs> what, what about you max what can we uh what what can we expect to find from you uh well i've got up? some videos in the can i just need to uh assemble them no uh edit them and uh after that well right now i'm working in a workshop on the big vibratory tumbler it's 1.3 meters long so um, it's it's much bigger than the one I built before. This one vibrates and it's made from steel and welded aluminium. Uh, so it's actually, it will be an industrial uh, tool for my workshop because sometimes I get bad sheet metal parts and I uh, am sick of using sandpaper and stuff to, to get rid of uh, sharp edges and to deburr them. And sometimes the surfaces are not quite as uh, clean as they should be. So I hope with this uh, tumbler, I can get a uniform finish Sounds and, good. Yeah, it's it will have a, a variable frequency drive and a 2.2 kilowatt motor. Wow. So, and, so and that would be I some serious vibration. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have no idea how big to make this counterweight. So I will start probably <laughs> just, a, just a screw in the shaft. So what sort, of, what sort of RPM is it running at then? Uh, I, I bought, like, I had a chance between 1000 RPM and uh, 2500 RPM. and I chose the middle, which is uh, 1.5. Right. <laughs> safe yeah. safe so zone, yeah. <laughs> I, I just picked that one, and with the uh, variable frequency drive, I can change the speed. Um, but I looked at some manufacturers and what kind of range they use. But obviously, they don't tell you how fast they spin. They all only tell you the uh, kilowatts power consumption. Right. And I can't find a lot of information about this online. Like, not a lot of people have built this. <clears throat> and in my mind like in my imagination it's a really cool project because it will be so useful whenever i have some parts i just put them in there and they come out beautiful nice could you maybe do a mini version for for there's a video uh, to show people i how did to a do mini it. version oh you've already and, done one but that one doesn't vibrate it rotates ah, so it's right. like a washing machine yeah like a stone tumbler yeah exactly um and that works really well it just takes a lot of time and it's quite small Right. Even though in the video I used the word, I bought this huge barrel. <laughs> the barrel is it's huge compared to the one that I had before, yeah. which is inside yeah. of my kayak, but it's still just a quarter of the size of an actual barrel. So. <laughs> well, it's all relative, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, and the only reason I'm doing making this vibrating is because... Um, I also bought a barrel, but the barrel isn't long enough. It's just 1.2 meters long, and I need 1.3 meters long. And in a barrel, it would be difficult to fish all the parts out. But if you have a big, like a bathtub, you can just reach inside. Hmm. So that's why I had to make it vibrating instead of tumbling. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, that's faster as well. 
Oh, right. So you'll have really perfect parts then when it when they go if, through that. If it works. Yeah. yeah. And the medium <laughs> is really expensive. The medium will be about 700 euros. Why is it so expensive? Yeah. I don't know. Is it like I, a sand I, or? Uh, no, it's it's plastic cones. Yeah, plastic cones with abrasives built in. Ah. So I guess the abrasive, when you injection mold it, it will uh, abrade the tool really quick. Ah, right. And so, um, is that a sort of a one-time purchase or does it have to be replaced fairly frequently? Oh, no, I think it's a one-time, at All least right. for me. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I, I inherit it to my kids. Yeah, <laughs> here's some uh, <laughs> some abrasive. <laughs> Me and my fiance starting uh, started uh, shooting little videos here and there for the kids. Oh, so nice. w when they ask us, so how was this whole Corona thing? We can just show them this video. Yeah, th yeah, that's a good idea, actually. Nice. And you know, Max, I'll just you know we should say congratulations on your you know engagement. That's a uh... Really great. Oh, thank you. Oh, I've not heard <laughs> thank that. Thank you. Oh, congratulations. That's great yeah, news. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, it happened two months ago or three months ago. I just happened to tell Jeremy now. <laughs> Even nice though I one. said it in one of the videos and on Instagram. Yeah. Speaking well, of Instagram. I, I don't use uh, Instagram, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's true. But you should. It's, it's really good to waste time. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Max underscore maker underscore youtube and diy perks is um what on uh what are we talking about instagram <laughs> instagram i don't have an instagram <laughs> oh guys you guys have no idea about social so media i know the, the, the cool people don't have instagram that, that's how far <laughs> yeah yeah that's you know it. it's, instagram was cool and then we've transcended that yeah and but yeah. You have we're twitter. on to the next yeah i'm yes. on to twitter Yes. Yeah, yes, Donald yeah. Trump's medium of choice. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump and many other fine people, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, well, where can we find you on Twitter, Matt? Uh, just DIY, DIY Perks, at DIY Perks. That's, yeah. that's easy enough. Yeah. And I'm, I'm at Jeremy S. Cook if you want to find me there. And then Max is also what? Max underscore maker YT, is that right? On Twitter? Yeah, or? yeah. <laughs> that's so. it and of course check out our youtube channels especially matt he really needs those clicks <laughs> we can go by without <laughs> yeah we, we gotta we gotta give him the uh the creativity <laughs> podcast bump make yeah. sure he yeah. gets that extra exposure, yeah. <laughs> get those extra 1000 years <laughs> <laughs> no we really really appreciate you coming on matt that's uh oh, thank you for having yeah, me awesome. it's been great thank yeah, you very much I enjoyed it yeah brilliant yeah so yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for thanks for listening, and I guess we'll we'll talk at you later. Excellent. Yeah, stay healthy, uh, stay inside, wash your hands. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. 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 <laughs>